0: Hello, internet, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast. I'm Kenna Klosterman, your host. Oh, no, wait, I'm not your host for this one. I'm your guest, <laughs> handing it over to Jose and Stevie.
1: Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad and the ugly be sure to check out our site theangrymillennialshow.com and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests hope you enjoy the show hey guys who doesn't love really well designed photography clothing check out clickgearclothing.com a lifestyle for urban photographers all Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code AngryPhoto to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now, guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at ClickGearClothingLTD. Hey, guys, Jose here. You're listening to part one of a two part episode with Creative Lives, Kenna Klosterman. It was great to finally sit down with her and chat. Nice follow up with the CEO Chase Jarvis uh, a few weeks ago and just really having a chance to get into the mind of one of the first employees, you know, of Creative Live. You know, so in this episode we chat about a lot of stuff, honestly, her beginnings at Creative Live. Um, you know, the rarely acknowledged stigma behind like Ivy League education, uh, you know, adjusting or rock star kind of image, you know, uh, being recognized at conferences and expos and stuff like that after Creative Live got really big. You know, the boom of online education and, you know, dealing with anxiety and depression while working in the corporate world and as an artist, you know, and, and that's just part one, you know. So we get into a whole lot of topics and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It looked like you were trying to turn on the light with a clapper. I, that's
0: what I was just giving you. <laughs> Clap it on,
2: tap off. It did.
0: My 11-year-old um, niece actually has a clapper.
1: <laughs> she's, <laughs> Her an bedroom. Old, she's an old soul. <laughs> wow. That's she's awesome.
0: a, a golden girl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, Kenneth, thank you for coming on today and, uh, and agreeing to be part of the show. It's, well, thank uh, you
0: for having me. No, of course.
1: Of course. It, it was kind of fitting that to follow up with uh, our recording with Chase that we talked to literally the OG... Of Creative Live, <laughs> I mean, you are like employee what zero one?
0: No, I'm actually employee number eight. Number but eight, okay. If you look at because I was here for a long time before actually being an employee.
1: Oh, um, oh there you so
0: go. which is part yeah. of the story, uh, but was here as a volunteer for a year and a half. So if you look at like the people who are still here, mm-hmm. I I would rate myself as number three.
1: That's yeah. I'd say if you're, yeah, you know, still still beta version. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's exactly.
0: coming up on six years since I first walked wow. into Cradle Live. January 13th will be six. Wow.
1: Look at you, five. knowing the exact day. That's it awesome. That's was my
0: friend's birthday, so that I, I went with. So that's oh
1: nice. Yeah. Two days before my birthday. Look at oh
0: that. hey, happy almost birthday.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know, I can't wait to be 27.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You millennials, like I didn't even know what millennial was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I honestly didn't either until I uh, I started looking it up and I was like, oh, I didn't think I was one. And then I started looking it up and I'm like, oh wow, anyone born from 1980 to like 1990, I think it is, or something like that. That's the cutoff 80, right? For oldness, yes, yeah. So, so basically, anyone 35 and younger, okay. Well,
0: that's not
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where we're going to leave that, because I'm a gentleman enough to know you never ask a lady. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Kenneth, it's it's no secret that Creative Live and you just you just we're talking about it has a way of luring away people from you know big salaries and jobs with this ethos and mission they convey. Um, you know, it, it's nowadays I could say the proof of concept is is pretty common knowledge. You know, that people are are seeing why people would want to kind of gravitate towards uh, Creative Live. But what was it like when you were one of, like you said, you were one of the the very first employees. You were even uh, a... Um,
0: pre-employee. Pre-employee. <laughs> right.
1: So tell me, what was, tell me a bit about your life story, even leading up to Creative Live. Like, what was it like before you walked into those doors on January 13th?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it, there was, uh, there wasn't even like a true m- mission that i knew about at that point so it's it's kind of it's a really interesting story i think for me looking back i mean like you said six years ago um i actually found creative live which was creative text at the time hmm. through a tweet and i had just started twitter so this is wow. like end of 2009 and I was following glazers which is the local camera store down the street And I saw something that said free photography classes. And I was Hmm. like, free photography classes? Perfect. (laughs) Because at the time I was unemployed, I had recently quit the corporate world and did not know what I was doing, wanted to try to make a go of it in photography, Mm -hmm. but did not know how to post-process, like had never opened Photoshop, did not know how to... Do lighting and not that I do now, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I thought those were the things that I had to have in order to quote unquote be a professional, right? And so, when I saw free, I was like, oh, this is this is a miracle. So, my friend Susan Roderick and I, and Susan's uh, was one of the original hosts on Creative Live with me, Mm. and the two of us. Walked in the door. We thought there would be hundreds of people there <laughs> because it was free photography right. classes. Every, everyone loves
1: free shit, right?
0: That's right. We walk in and there's like two purple chairs and like one other person. <laughs> and we're like, Wait a minute, what is this? And we just won the lottery, uh, and and so you know I can I can go further um, from there, but I can also you know take a step back um, and to to getting to that point. Um, I had, like I said, uh, quit the corporate world at that point. I, um, have always been into photography, but at, you know, the age ripe age of 22, when the photographers that I went to work for out of undergrad, um, told me they couldn't pay me anymore. I was scared (laughs) as all to uh, To try to make a go of being a professional photographer, I mean, I didn't even know what that meant. They were fine art photographers, so that was a yeah. sort of very different prospect. So, right. I fast forward, I ended up um, going to get my MBA, um, and and I know you're you have a similar story, Jose, but <laughs> um, but it was not something I ever thought I would do, but. I saw it as, um, as a way out of my current scenario and to open some doors. But I went into that world. Then afterwards, as you do, like, oh, I'm going to go work in marketing at a big company. And then maybe someday I will turn that and run a nonprofit. Right. That was kind of my line of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I lasted uh, a year and a half. in. No, sorry. I lasted one year in my first job. Um, at General Mills in Minnesota, where I was marketing frozen pie crust.
1: Well, <laughs> and, uh, wait, first of all, let's just say it's Minnesota. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if you're big on the cold, but I, I, I don't think I could last a year.
0: I thought I could do it, but get, being an LA girl, um, that was. But it was more, you know, the job itself. It wasn't about right. job. It was just like this huge corporation, and I felt yeah. like I was swimming, and I didn't yeah, know what were just I was a doing. Number. Right. And then I got an opportunity. Uh, my sister lives out here in Seattle where I'm based and came out here visiting and ended up talking to a colleague of hers who had just gone to Getty Images. And I was like, ooh, photography and marketing. That's like <laughs> my dream job. And so I ended up interviewing for the job, getting the job and What'd decided. What did you do while you were there? I was also in uh, marketing there and I worked on um, the sort of assignment photography side of things, not the stock side. Cool. And so I was there for a year and a half and again, then was like, wait, this is not my dream job. Um, And, you know, kind of looked at it in all these made excuses as it was the company, it was them, it was not enough resources, too high of expectations. Yeah. whereas what I realize now is it was my expectations that were too high of myself, you know, not really mm-hmm. the company itself. In any case, so um, I ended up actually getting um, really, really, really um, depressed and anxious and actually had to just leave um, and sort of take some time off, um, which is not something I talk about a lot. Uh, but I then, you know, after that was, went to ex. Media, um, where my friends from business school actually hired me in as a <laughs> consultant. Yeah, yes. and then you were <laughs> part of the
1: good old boys club, and the people you met at. And for people who don't know, you didn't just go to any place for grad school. You went to the Wharton School of Business. I did at UPenn. So that's <laughs> uh, come on. Let's let's give it's yourself pretty, a pat. that's pretty high up there. Yeah, let's give yourself a pat in the back and say like that's that's no ordinary feat um and you know, i was i was walking like
2: the dog the other day sorry and uh, there was a street behind us one of the most beautiful streets in philly and i'm walking it's it's this big fancy lawyer's house and right right behind the couch is this giant banner that just says wharton so yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know it's um it, it it's again it's not something i ever thought i would do i was an anthropology major in undergrad i went to Um, you you know, wanted to be a. (laughs) He was an archaeologist. Oh, there you go. I was more on the uh, socio-cultural side. Okay, Uh, and and um, and but my sister and her husband actually went to Wharton, and so I was living in rural Bucks County at the time, and I saw the opportunities that it opened for them, and I also saw that they got to travel a lot. Because you either have time or money for travel, and they had student loans and time. So, (laughs) so I actually, I mean, it's funny. I yeah, I was. It was one of the hardest, but also most rewarding experiences that I've had in my life Mm -hmm. up until that point. Um, And and yeah, it's a it's a huge accomplishment, um, but it's not something I even like. Like to talk about a lot. I mean, it, yeah, it's one of the top business schools in the world, <laughs> um, but uh, but it's not. You know, I've learned more at Creative Live than in terms yeah. of what I, what I've applied to my life. Right. Uh, that says so
2: much. No, and,
1: it, it's true. I mean, like, it's funny, people. Uh, I think everyone nowadays, let's just say, in the last fifteen years, who's gotten an MBA, and you talk to them a couple years later, it's 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 legit. Like asking someone if they, or how they look back on their military experience, right? Where some people either love it and say it shaped me into who I am and it whipped me into, you know, shape and and mentally and physically, right? And instilled all the things that I, you know, the values that I hold myself to this to this day. And then some people just don't even want to talk about it. And it's not necessarily to say like, you know, PTSD, all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's like one of those things where it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I
0: think I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I think I don't like to talk about it because of the stereotypes that come along with somebody having an Ivy League MBA, Mm -hmm. having an MBA from Wharton and that sort of people then have some preconceived notions of who you are and what you're uh what you're looking for in terms of life and success. Right. And like the guy yeah. that you mentioned Stevie with the big Wharton sign, you know, it's a big nice fancy house like and and even though that's not the case for everyone that goes to business school, I guess um I so like don't identify myself with my, the own stereotypes that I have. Right. <laughs> <So> it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny, but um I'm it, it did shape who I am and it did open doors and it did give me an incredible network of amazing amazing people and I highly value it I highly value it because I'm still paying for it 11 years (laughs) later and will be for another six years but um it it did reopen up my world um and give me opportunities that I I would not have had otherwise and I do I do value that yeah. So. Yeah. And I, w- I, no regrets.
1: Yeah. Same here. I mean, it, it was the same thing. I, people, especially when I talk to other people about, you know, Creative Live or about, you know, people always ask me um, if I went to art school. And I say, no, I actually, I, I found photography in college and I was already committed to grad school. So I just learned on my own. And, right. and, 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 and I'm thankful that I kind of balanced it out with my MBA. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what's funny is people always say, oh, well, you know, well, if you could do it over again, would you go to art school or would you go get your MBA? Uh, And that's a funny question. I mean, and I tell people it's it's different for everyone. The main thing is it depends on how you learn. If you're the type of person that you need structure and discipline and top down type uh, things, you'll love art school. If you're the type of free spirit who loves to just be creative and not be held in a box, then you'll fucking hate art school. Right. Absolutely, Um, but you know, but I I tell them. I mean, the one thing that I think does or did suck, and and at thirty two, I think I'm still dealing with, is that. And you can appreciate this, that uh Kenna, that when people see an MBA on your resume before you even get an interview or a call, there's a certain expectation, whether it's monetary or managerial status or or anything like that. That's right. Where sometimes it can hurt you. That's right, and, and it was hard for me coming out of grad school straight out of college. So I was, you know, 25 with an MBA. And same thing, like you said, people started thinking of me like I was some snooty trust fund baby. And I'm like, no, not at all. Yeah. You know, like, and, and it would be like, I just want a job. But they look at it like, oh, you're going to expect, you know, 90 grand out of the gate. No, I'll take 40. <laughs> I just want a job. And, uh, and it was tough. I felt like I was in kind of a, a limbo you know for a yeah.
0: while. Do you think you had higher expectations of yourself um or in addition to like what you thought other people had expectations of because I feel like I thought that now that I have that little stamp on me that I was scared if I could live up to the expectations.
1: Oh, I see. That's a good one. See, now I know why you're the lead host at Critical One. <laughs> She just turned this right around. She did. I did.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny.
1: I'm, she's sitting in a couch. I'm sitting in a chair. But suddenly, I feel like I'm the one in on the couch. Uh, no, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I, it's as I emotional.
0: told you, as I yeah. told you earlier, um, it's you know, people photographers say I don't like to be on the other side of the camera. Like yeah. <laughs> yep. this is yep. a, this is a challenge for me to be on the other side of the microphone. I'm usually the one asking <laughs> questions. It's what I do for a living.
1: <laughs> of course. And if you guys could see Kenna right now, she's sitting very, very diabolically in this chair, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting you to, to be, uh, you know, petting a cat. So yeah. It's, it's, you know. But it's wait, true. Wait,
2: wait a second. Yeah. Kenna hasn't said hello to the internet yet. Oh. <laughs>
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> you mean the hello internet oh <laughs> there we go
1: <laughs> you know it's funny now that you mention it before we end we have to get you to do a great intro we got peter hurley to do one we got chase to do like three of them that ended up being one really good one um nice. and uh, and so i that think you can
2: get out there with you yeah
1: <laughs> but we'll, we'll definitely have to get one before you go and i think the hello internet would kill
0: <laughs> nice i've actually been yeah i've met people in different parts of the world that then say say hello internet
1: <laughs> kind of like yeah
0: i so don't like, do it anymore though so it's really yeah. the old school you know old school to, trade, market. trade yeah. market
1: like that the the let's die, get the, die hard, yeah. right. the right. die hard fans that's right that's right fans um so real quick that's a good segue in the next question but i just wanted to answer yours um I kind of think so. And you know, what's funny is I've always been the type of person that I always put a lot of pressure on myself. And I mean, you've known me and Stevie's known me. If you meet me, I don't necessarily convey that I'm pretty laid back, which is true. absolutely. But I put a high standard on myself that, you know, pushes me to certain things. And, you know, when I went to college and, and I started doing well, people were like, Oh, that's cool. But you know, do you necessarily need to go to um, summer class and class on winter break and then take 18 credits your whole senior year just to graduate on time, which I did want to because I realized I didn't want to be in school for five years, but because of transfer. But um, then it was, oh, but I also want to graduate with honors. And I, to myself, in my head, I'm like, I, if you knew me in high school, no one would ever have thought of or expected that of me. I was the only one in my family of <laughs> very, very smart people. I right. graduated with honors. Um, so, you know, I, I really, and, and like I said, no one put that on me. And it's funny, like I started listening to this podcast last night, actually. Someone put me onto it called the MF CEO Project. I don't know, mm, I
0: don't that, one. know that one, no. Hmm.
1: So the guy is a self-made vitamin supplement entrepreneur. And he started this podcast, a really big following. And one of the ones I listened to that were really interesting was where he talked about why your dreams scare other people and about how the worst thing you could do to a very uh high functioning person is tell them to relax you know That's but, some, wow. but so but true. sometimes people do it all the time and you can even do it very like pas- not passive aggressive very um subconsciously right you know if, if i tell you hey look i'm going here and going there and, oh why don't you take a day or you know you're kind of going too hard like why don't you just you know in a sense saying you know why don't you relax or 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 why don't you right, just right. you know take a safer route and i'm just like No, why? You know, like, and I just put it on me. But like you said, when you dealt with a little bit of depression, we'll get into that in a bit. That was big for me, too, because when I one of my roughest periods was after I graduated. When I I went to grad school, I worked full time at a studio and I worked at a club on the weekends at night. So literally, I would be at work on a Saturday, go home, shower, go to the city, go to a club, be there working from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m., go home wake up at eight in the morning and go back to the studio the next wow.
0: day. Wow. And, I,
1: and then at night I was going to class. So it was insane for two years. And when I, what I realized was I never complained. You know, like I always had something to do. So I wasn't ever bored. Uh, but when I graduated and I didn't like my job anymore, just like you, I quit and I moved to Philly. And I couldn't find work for two years. Yeah. And it was hard, you know, because I went from having so much to do to nothing. And photography was slow back then and, and really nothing was really kind of getting any any kind of uh momentum. So it was really tough. Well, you when know, you so have like said, too
0: much time, too much time to think, that is yes. where that's that's what bites you is right. that brain of ours. <laughs> that thinking thing.
1: So I know Stevie just mentioned the hello internet. And let's be real, within the industry, you've achieved a bit of a rock star status. Um, Whether you, and and I I see you're shaking your head, but in reality, they kind of just turned the color of your shirt. Exactly. (laughs) Like, totally red. That's that's definitely had to have been an an adjustment for you, you know?
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, When we were at Photo Plus, I witnessed one really hysterical incident. Oh boy. With someone. You remember that?
0: you mean the phone call the, the text message guy
1: yeah so, so real quick this guy comes up to Kenna and we're talking at, at the what was it the black and white party yeah yeah. okay and, and we're sitting there talking and some guy comes over and he goes excuse me I don't, I don't mean to interrupt but my one buddy I told him that Kenna Klosterman was here at this party <laughs> and he said to me bullshit get a picture I don't fucking believe you and, and literally he literally showed her the text message on his phone to show he was a story and then took a picture with her and then posted it in a comment on Facebook and said, ha, told you bitch. And we're just just standing there like, what? (laughs) Like, okay. But that's,
0: that's, that happens. I mean, if you're in a, in a place with thousands, tens of thousands of photographers um that that is the place where that's going to happen like not you know walking down the street in some you know well actually that's not true i have been recognized in some very random places <laughs> but to your point like I, I don't know i've been doing this for 6 years and you know uh, so many different instructors come and go and um and i've been so fortunate to be one of the constants for mm-hmm. people and um and and it's strange it's strange to have people meet you in person and say oh i do my laundry with you or like i feel like i know you <laughs> or you're taller in person than i thought or but but the what i love is when people say like oh you're you seem like the same person that you are you know right. on camera right. um and and i think that you know what i what i've learned um especially at big you know, photo conferences at WPPI where um, it's hard to get down the hallway and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want to stop and and talk to people because I'm finally getting to meet people in person um, who like, I might know their chat room name, but I've, we're friends on (laughs) Facebook, but I haven't actually met them in person. But I, I learned that, um, that it's not about me Mm -hmm. and, that I actually reflect—I'm a mirror for what the creative live experience and brand means to people internally. And wow,
1: that was fucking deep, but very accurate.
0: It's taken me some time because, sure, right. like it goes to your head at first. They're like, "Oh, people recognize me. Oh, people are you know friends with me on Facebook, and you know, like that stuff." As a human being. You're like, oh, you know, this is kind of cool.
1: <laughs> Did you wear sunglasses everywhere you went for like two years? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but you know, but but the more that I um, sort of looked at myself and what what it actually meant was that again, like I'm this mirror for what people experience when they do have a transformative. Creative Live experience, and how amazing yeah. is that? That I just kind of am able to hold that space um, because I feel like that's what I do in my job is sort of hold space. Um, but that that when people meet me in person, again, like it's not about me, but it's about everything that they have done and grown with via their sort of Creative Live education. And I, I hope that that's the case because then. Right you know, that takes away any like, you know, it's just me. Like, I'm just Kenna. I'm just that person. And I've been growing along with all of these people for the past six years. You know, I walked in the door as a student. So I think, you know, that's part of what has been so amazing as, as part of my creative life journey. And I think why sort of i I resonate with people is that like, I'm not the rock star. Like people do put the instructors like up on the rock star status, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like everybody else. Right. Um, And you just happen to have seen me a lot and heard my voice a lot because I am on thousands and thousands of hours of creative live (laughs) content. Um, But you know, it's like, if you think of your like favorite, I don't know, like newscaster or whatever. Like, Yeah you know they're just someone that you let them into
1: your home kind of
0: thing exactly right exactly so i don't know that thinking about it that way and really i mean really embodying that and believing that Mm -hmm. um is is really helpful for me i mean i i struggle um like everybody else (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and and it's an honor to be able to though like make all those connections
1: right okay Oh yeah. I mean that, that's, you know, and it's good to hear, you know, cause that, it was interesting. Like I I kind of asked that with, about Chase, you know, I said, look, you, you lead a pretty private life and, and, and with how you are in terms of, you know, uh, like he mentioned to me, he's been on a plane every 2.5 days for the last, in the last three years. So that saying, is
0: crazy. That
1: is crazy. So <laughs> that saying that crazy. you're, you're putting yourself out there and you're you're meeting as many people and you're doing these many speaking engagements and whatever else, you know, it makes you almost more guarded with your personal life. Mm. And, and he even said, he goes, it was, there was a time when he overly did it and then he started realizing, okay, kind of like what you said, he kind of started realizing that, you know, he doesn't want people when he sees him out to not be able to come up and talk to him or not feel like they can ask him for a photo or, you know, just, just explain to him what you just said, like when people come up to you and say like, Hey, thank you for what you do, you know, because he, 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 like you said, you, he starts reflecting that, Hey, who wouldn't love to hear that and say that, you know, you're, you're making an impact on someone's life. And that's the whole reason why we all do this essentially. Yeah. You know,
0: absolutely. I mean, that, that's exactly, I mean, that's kind of like my, as a, as a photographer, my sort of mission in, in life used to be, or at least I would like, the thing I wrote out and put on my computer, you know, to look at all the time was like right. was enabling or impacting change in the world through photography. Mm. And as I kind of furthered and grew my time here at Creative Live, I added the word education at the end and mm. realized that um, enabling and impacting change in the world through photography education, creative education, is makes such a bigger impact than mm-hmm. even my personal work can do um, right. but it's just like that a bazillion fold um, and how how truly um, fortunate you know am i to wake up every day and actually just be so thrilled about what i do for my job like right. yeah i have the best job in the world <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> and like you said you you to me what's interesting is you've taken a lot of those those scary leaps from really nice jobs where you just said like, I'm just not happy, yeah. you know? And for some people, they never get out of that part, that phase. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, oh yeah. Like, I never even like, like finished my story about. No. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's just, you know, interesting. Like, you know, obviously, like we said, we're, we're suckers for traditional education, but yeah. did you always see online education becoming the next thing? Like, is that kind of, what attracted you so early on? I mean, granted, we knew it was it was free photography lessons and and probably you know coffee and cake, but you know after the fact, <laughs>
0: now I you mean, had to bring your own coffee
1: and, cake. It <laughs> and was, sandwiches. It was, it was that alpha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um I mean, no, you know, I had yeah.
0: no clue, no clue yeah. that right. that online education was going to be a big thing. I mean, six years ago, if you said online education, that was like a bad. Connotation
1: yeah. mm-hmm. um, yeah. for like, like Phoenix.
0: oh exactly like <laughs>
1: like Phoenix online che- like school
0: yeah. cheesy like not yeah. real like yeah. that's it's not like, real it's like the education. adult
1: GED you that's, know? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's right
0: yeah that's right and um, you know no I I e- even as you know as I got more and more involved um, it it's it's something that has sort of grown and risen around us and we you know, have been on the cusp and now, but in, in such a different way than a lot of the, you know, the MOOCs, um, the massive open online courses in the academic world, um, which I think, you know, is is a completely different thing than mm-hmm. what we're doing. And that's, you know, that's become legitimate. You know, you can take Wharton classes um, online.
1: Yeah, and, Drexel, Drexel has a, LeBeau has an online MBA program my buddy did after I went there. Yeah, same thing.
0: Which is which is amazing and yet like, I don't know, there's still something about the um, in-person right. aspect
1: of I was, I was the same way. Of I education. Hated all, I hated all my online classes in college. I only did like two, but the same yeah.
2: thing, like you said. I took a, took a few of those for the Art Institute because oh. I, don't, I don't have a degree or anything. I just, you know, totally opposite story of you guys. But I took a few of those classes and I just, I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. It was that, that personal interaction wasn't there. Right. It, was, it just felt all sorts of wrong. But yeah. it's,
0: um, oh, first of <laughs> all, I'm just smiling because you guys had online classes when you were in college. <laughs> I didn't even have email. Like, email was like a new thing.
1: <laughs> Wait, no. You went to undergrad in what, 90 98, 2000?
0: I graduated in 96 from undergrad. So, 92 to 96.
1: Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm right, older than when yeah. you
2: right. <laughs> 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 when you still called it electronic mail when it started out.
1: <laughs> there's this thing there's this thing called the World Wide oh, Web. It's gonna be God. huge.
0: I remember I would... my 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 first boyfriend, <laughs> like the final or in college, the final like kick was that he like broke up with me via email oh, for like the God. final uh, that's, breakup.
1: That's, that's still very a very shitty way to do it even today. Now brutal. Text no, now it's, it's text tweets. But
0: tweets. back, yeah,
2: tweets are Instagram breakups.
0: Direct message tweet. <laughs> Sorry, it's over.
2: <laughs> I was watching something last night while I was falling asleep. I forget what it was, but this just reminded me of it. It was a couple, and he was complaining. He's like, "Miranda, you didn't even reply to my electronic mail yet." It was <laughs> electronic. That <laughs> uh, was hilarious.
0: Oh, anyway. <laughs> I don't even know where it was. So you were getting broken even up with over, over
1: email. How about before that? That's going to be in the show notes. So we talk about how she got broken up with over an email in the 90s. In the ni- early 90s. That was, that was really like brutal. That was like
0: 94, I guess.
2: Electronic mail. If we're, if, it's, if we're talking 90s, we have to call it by its proper name. True. True.
1: <laughs> but you know what's funny? I, I remember in the 90s when I used to have like our computer classes consisted of playing Oregon Trails and doing typing exercises. Oh my God, I love that Oregon it. Trails? But, but, I
0: killed it in Oregon yeah, Trails. Oh yeah, until I
1: died of typhoid <laughs> fever. But, you know, I remember our librarian was like this old hippie who was just getting into, you know, a lot of us were in the early 90s, the internet. And, uh, but hearing like the way people used to think and talk about it back then was I don't want to say laughable, but at the same time, it's almost like I think we kind of lost that nostalgia in a way. So like here she is talking about how she was, quote, what everyone said, surfing the World Wide Web. (laughs) So she goes, last night I was surfing the World Wide Web and within minutes I was uh, in a art gallery in Italy and I was in the Sistine Chapel and I was seeing all these things and I'm going, You're just looking at pictures on a blog. But no, but that's the way they looked at it. You know, but it took 10 minutes to download these pictures Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was instantly trans- <laughs> transported there. And I and that stuck with me. Christ. That's you know almost let's just say twenty five years later that I had that encounter and I'm sitting here going to myself like wow. That yeah. is pretty big. You know, that is pretty huge. Yeah. And now it we is. just look at it. It you know is. I mean, I mean like, that's
0: the it. It opens a whole world, and you know, as human beings, we just want to connect with people, and right. the ability for technology to allow us to do that, to take us other places. I mean, if you look at you know developing nations, and now everyone having mobile phones, or you know, just the ability to um, to be in touch is. It is phenomenal, and so ah, going back to your question of did mm-hmm. I, you know, think that online education was you know the future, and you know, n- no, um, but what an amazing thing to be able to learn alongside.
1: Yeah, you're basically part of one of yeah. the biggest pushes, you know, to get it more mainstream and and to to give it you know uh, uh, you know credibility. You know, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Like when I was yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I, I talk about it, and then someone goes to me, "How long has Creative Live been around?" And I'm like, "Wow, almost six years." But yeah. I don't feel like it's been that long. I remember watching Chase's Skype announcement yeah. about Creative Live. Yeah, yeah, me you know? too.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and,
0: and no, but like, and the crazy bit is like, how long has YouTube been around? Like uh, ten years,
1: yeah, ten years, yeah.
0: And so the fact that Creative Live has been around, you know, it 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 is now a long time, and it is foundational. Um, but g- going back to your point about the different types of learners, I mean, mm-hmm. that this gives people who are self-directed learners who right. are um, do have the the gumption to you know to go out and do the work, um, the ability to do so, and. That that's another thing, just back to like, you know, when people when I meet people and they interact and they say sort of like, oh, Creative Live has changed my life. And at the surface, like, I agree, you know, and Creative Live has changed my life as well. But I stop and I look people in the eye and I say, like, no, you changed your life.
1: Boom.
0: (laughs) Creative Live (laughs) puts the information out there. Yeah. just like when you go to you know any school you get right. out of it what you put into it but like right. truly exactly. especially when it's self-directed learning you know we have however many you know minutes of in you know, hours of education that has been consumed but the small minority of people actually go out and do the work yeah and if they have Then they've changed their own lives.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, you can you can give someone all the tools in the world, but they don't have the work ethic or the 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 determination or the drive. It's it's wasted. You've got to
2: have that fundamental hustle down. I think I think it was I think we already mentioned this on a different episode. Joey L Yeah forget who was talking I forget who was talking to him, but he was like, you know, it's the same way. It's just how you take it in. If you go to a school or if you just you're just self-taught, if you don't have that energy, you don't have that drive in you. It doesn't matter where you go; it's going to end up at the same you know destination. So because the yeah. the
0: the learning comes by the doing. I mean, I I mentioned yeah. earlier about like, oh, I still don't know lighting. Like, I've literally <laughs> sat through and taken in hundreds of lighting courses of yeah. lighting courses, mm-hmm. but. You throw up a softbox in front of me, and I'll be like, Wait, what? Wait, aperture (laughs) controls the lights. Like, no, it's funny. I mean, you have to get out there and be actually doing, and that is how you learn. Yeah, Um,
1: for sure. Yeah. But we, you you know, no, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, which is, we, I think, I think the magic in Creative Live is that and why people feel like it's changed their life Mm -hmm. is that it's not just the tools. It's not just a person talking to a camera or a recording over, you know, Photoshop tutorial. Um, For me, the, the magic of creative live is that underlying everything. um, The most successful creative live classes I like to call there are actionable tears and like tears like crying. Like because people people will cry at the end of yeah. Creative Lives. And and what that means is that they have realized that they have the tools to move mm-hmm. themselves forward in their lives with what they want. And it's right. that revelation, not only not just the skill set itself, but that something turns inside where they say, I can do this. Yeah. And yeah. That that is the magic.
1: And and I can honestly attest to that like I, I recently uh teach photography at um at a couple of local colleges and and one class I started take I started doing and taking over recently was the business of photography. And it was funny the uh, like some of the people who took my intro to like did, you know photo 101 uh then came into that class which I usually don't tell people like you should, you know, you should be a little more seasoned behind the camera and, and have done a little more things before you were thinking about doing this, but it was fine. And, and it was funny. The people that were in there that done stuff within the first day, within the first half hour of a three hour class, we, we were able to kind of like have that moment with one guy where he said to me, I don't know. I've been a, I've been a chef for a bunch of years. Uh, you know, had the opportunity to open my own restaurant, didn't take it. Don't know if maybe that I regret that, you know, he's going on and on and on. And, and I said, okay, I go, well, you know, so you're a chef. That's awesome. Um, you know, have you ever thought about starting a culinary portfolio? You know, you, you can, you can style your own food. You can style your own shoots. You could even get work as a food stylist with some local people and you can yeah. learn to light and learn photography more from them working as a stylist, you know? Um, And, and then, you know, you could, if you know a bunch of friends who are really good chefs and, and notable chefs in the area, you know, why don't you tell them, Hey, I'll come by with a six pack and my camera and we'll just, we'll, we'll come in after hours. We'll cook amazing dishes. We, we want to eat and we want to plate beautifully. I'll, I'll get practice shooting them and then we'll just shoot the shit and drink some beers. And to me, it's like, that's, that's the most direct and simple, non-overwhelming way to get that a nice little portfolio advice. started. Yeah. yeah. But this dude, he I blew his mind. Cause he sits there and goes, you know, I've been trying so hard to think about what's next and everything else. He goes, I never even thought of that. And like you just said, half the time that's people's issue. We mm-hmm. get stuck in all the, you know, the bullshit of the day-to-day things and 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 the the limitations we put on ourselves. It's not till someone who for all intents and purposes is, is, a, is a stranger right, says sorry. to you, dude, you can do this. Look, look at all the stuff you can do. Look, look, I, I, you know, and, and it's crazy. You know? Well,
0: and you've just you've taken in and, ref- you know, you're you're that mirror back to him about what you've. What he's told right. you, and it's so much easier to see opportunities <laughs> for other people than it is for yourself, of course, yeah. Yeah. but we all make, you know, we make all these things so much bigger than they really need to be, you know, right. I do, um, in terms of, you know, anxiety and stress and, and, and you don't realize sometimes in terms of, you know, what you are looking to do that you're actually already doing it. and. Right. You know, like you said, if in in the experiences in the world that he's been in, like look at what you're already doing, and and your path might be right there.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: well, is because you're right. you're you're already in the midst of doing it,
1: right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. what about you? Tell me about your photography career. Were you always into the arts at a young age, or?
0: You know, I I I am one of those people that. Uh, I picked up a camera, you know, when I was, or my first photography class was black and white class in high school. And I truly, you know, from Maybe that point. the only
1: one who never took photo in high school. <laughs> Every person we have on is like, I remember sneaking in the dark room when I was in high school. I know. Was like, I went to Catholic school. We had none of that shit.
0: I went to Catholic school.
1: <laughs> oh man, I got gypped, I guess.
0: I guess so. But no, I mean, that was, I don't, consider myself to be able to paint or draw or whatever, but you know, I picked up a camera and I felt like like that was my, has been my worldview, if you will. Like it, as I like walk around places, like I'm always sort of looking at like what would make an interesting photograph or, um, and so I, I think, I think, yeah, that's, that is how I've sort of defined what my quote unquote, you know, passion is for 25 years now mm-hmm. and plus. And <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, I have, but, but the interesting thing is that I never considered myself an artist. Um, mm. until probably about four years ago, I still have a wow. hard time saying it, um, really? because, Yeah, because I saw photography and I think that was kind of like because of a lot of what was out there in the world was like not that photography was an art in and of itself. And I remember (laughs) sort of one of my first exhibits here in Seattle where it was at a brand new wine bar and they called me the artist. Like oh, can you give us an artist statement? Or oh, here's our here's our first artist. And I was like, I'm the artist. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Uh, but but so yeah, photography has um, has has been in my life for a long time, and um, that is sort of my my biggest, I think, form of expression, if you will, of creative expression.
1: Yeah, your favorite yeah. medium. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um so, and, and in terms anyway. of
0: like career, um you know, like I said I I the first the first job I had out of college was working as a camp photographer um wow. for a a camp for kids with diabetes and I taught kids how to like make um milk carton pinhole cameras and I was oh. super hippie and <laughs> was like barefoot and brawless and <laughs> making rock gardens like Japanese rock gardens, you know, behind the yeah. uh, uh, mess hall or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it, um, but yeah, I, I went into that. Then I said, like I said, I moved to rural Bucks County to work for two fine art photographers. Um, Got scared shitless about you know trying to follow that path, and it took a good you know fifteen years later till I came back around to leaving the corporate world um, going and and uh, traveling around the world for a year uh photographing wow. uh, after, after I had worked for Expedia when I didn't Did get you hired a lot of miles full time no, I didn't actually <laughs> <laughs> but. Um I I didn't get hired on a full time job there. I was I was a uh, contractor.
2: I, right. Yeah. yeah I and I that, could have I
0: could have yeah, I could have kept going. Um you know, I still have projects, but I with two friends decided like, no, this is let's do this. Like I've always wanted to be a long term traveler and right. you know, single, no kids, thirty three years old. Um and we did it and that was, you know life-changing but i came back and i had forty thousand pictures and was like now what do i do with these <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and the economy had just tanked and so i went back to work for in the corporate world um because that's what was on my resume and it was very very hard in 2008 to um to 2009 to get to get jobs oh, so wow. i ended that's, i ended up in
1: grad school <laughs> yeah exactly you know yeah.
0: and i ended up at t-mobile and Maya was a product marketer for the like burner phone data plans, like the $5 data plans.
2: <laughs>
1: I love that you sat, call them burner phones.
0: <laughs> and I sat in a cubicle after having traveled to over 20 countries for a year.
1: Oh, uh, that's seven. a slow okay, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I really quick? I have to ask <laughs> you Do cubicles give you anxiety? Because they do yes. for me. Okay, yes. good. Oh, I just absolutely. had to ask. I just had to absolutely. ask. Uh, they're terrifying they are and <laughs> and I was I was thinking about them the other day so I, I started doing pitching in these like overnight construction jobs at Johns Hopkins and uh, and we have to do them overnight because obviously they're in they're usually in the building where the offices are so we can't be making noise during the day so I'll walk around and just see a sea of cubicles you know in these different very big buildings and oh I it I was I remember I was walking by one and I just kind of stopped and just stared and and I, and I sat there and said, whoever made this, what must have like they must have been like a maniacal person to say, okay, we're <laughs> gonna make produ- productivity the thing, so we're gonna put blinders up. All right, so we're gonna make everyone look like they're in a prison cell. But wait, we don't <laughs> want to make it too prisony. So let's make the the fabric that we make these little walls out of be very soft. So then they can hang pictures of all the loved ones and family they they never see because you're they're giving
0: in this me anxiety yeah, right <laughs> now my chest is tightening
2: but it's okay it's okay cuz when you look out of your cubicle there's a picture of a kitten that says hang in there <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so true and and i was oh. i just there's, had to say something to somebody i was like is it weird if 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 walking around looking at these cubicles is like depressing me like just thinking to myself th- if like, you're if you're a creative
0: it's person it's traumatic.
1: Yeah. A, cub- a cubicle is
2: like the epitome of a creative's jail cell. It is. I feel like like the- I think that's what I'm most terrified being a photographer. I think my most my biggest fear is having to go back to a job with like a cubicle and I would never do that ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm right there with you. Thank goodness, Creative Live has like open desks and just like open. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but do you guys have inspirational kitten pictures? Some
1: I, think just, I think they just send, they just send cat memes to each other all day.
0: True story. Yeah, Actually, yeah. Um, somebody here did make a cat of Creative Live calendar, and so.
1: <laughs> okay, we have to see that. Um, so tell me, you know you mentioned it already a couple of times and and we're even kind of in a, in a sense talking about it now. I mean something a lot of creatives deal with, but few talk about is like the anxiety and depression roller coaster that we all experience at times. Um, You know, you, you've mentioned some of them, but you know, tell me a bit more about like those artistic demons, you know, that you've had to kind of deal with over the years.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's more than just artistic demons. Um, i think it's just yeah human demons um and i as i started to say once once i was at t mobile and i lasted 6 months um that time in that cubicle to where <laughs> i would sit there because it was partially uh partially hidden and cry and look staring at my computer with a blank powerpoint presentation open Mm. and like not knowing what to do and then i'd like walk and get some coffee and then i'd go to the bathroom and cry and then i'd come back to my desk and look at the powerpoint and be like i don't know what to do Mm. and it's paralyzing it was paralyzing i had taken um two medical leaves of absence from corporate jobs and depression is something i've dealt with for or, or struggled with um since i was in undergrad you know for 20 over 20 years right. and and you know maybe you wouldn't you, you wouldn't necessarily know that um about me or people wouldn't necessarily think that because you sort of um you know i don't want to be out in the world like just spewing all of those thoughts and yet like right. it's so important to talk about yeah um and and i remember being at wharton and and going to see a therapist and just cuz it was so hard and i put so much pressure on myself yeah and 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 I remember the therapist saying, like, if you only knew how many of your classmates mm-hmm. were here or were mm-hmm. coming in feeling the same way, but, like, nobody wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so So you feel so alone, even if you know other people have experienced it. Like, I think that's, like, the most scary part is just feeling so alone where... And, and I call it monkey brain and like getting so stuck in your head that you, you know, you've been not in that place before, Mm -hmm. but you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get back and get out. Like, how do I get out? Uh, And it's, um, it's, it's really scary.
1: All right. Wow. So that concludes part one. Bit of a cliffhanger there at the end. <laughs> didn't realize when we were cutting it up, it would end up like that. But hope you guys enjoyed part one of Kenneth's episode. And we're going to actually put her part two uh, up this Thursday. So if you enjoyed part one, please share and be on the lookout for part two uh, dropping you know this Thursday. And uh, let us know what you think of the show. All right, guys. Take care.